I would like to invite you to simply close your eyes, finding a place of comfort and whatever that means to you, sitting down, resting on a bed, simply finding your peace. And with each breath in and with each breath out, I invite you to activate your true inner healer in that your spirit, your body, your unadulterated spirit and soul with nothing but the breath as the vehicle of this exercise, breathing in and breathing out with momentary pauses to simply reflect on all that you hold within yourself with no need for medicine, no need for adulteration, no need for inebriance, simply the purity of your breath, breathing in and breathing out. Noticing the pauses with each breath, allowing yourself to simply be. Taking a moment to find your calibration, your center, this wonder-filled inner healer, providing you so much intuition, knowledge, and access to what is rightfully yours. Breathing in and breathing out. In a moment's time, finding yourself back in a position of rest, peace, and quietude, knowing at any given moment throughout your day, you can tap right into this inner healer. Hi, it's Ryan. Welcome to your weekly dose of The Psychedelic Psychologist, where I invite my guests to share stories about their psychedelic experiences. We cover a variety of topics from overcoming addiction and severe depression to finding wholeness and the spiritual emergence. Today's podcast, you're going to hear from one of my guests, Eric, who I've been working with some time and gives a beautiful landscape of their personal journey, how they found psychedelics, and when and where to use them. Eric, it's great to hear you. It's great to see you. How are you coming in? Hi, Ryan. It's great to see you. I'm uh, actually looking forward to sharing my journey. So kind of excited to talk about it. You and I have known each other for some time, and your journey is a wonderful journey. It's full of color and full of expression. And I have to ask, how did you find psychedelics? It's usually an invitation, right? Yes. So I think it's important to share a little background. I, I'm 62 years old, and uh, but I've always had this curiosity about life, what all this is, who am I? Just, and, and so... 
I started going down the path of reading books on cosmology and astrophysics and which would lead to quantum mechanics. And I was, I, I would say I was in the, the camp of being a pretty staunch materialist, but a curious materialist. And, but it wasn't very satisfying, the, the curiosity, the seeking that I was, it's looking for answers and I just wasn't satisfied. And one day my son gave me the Michael Pollan book. So everybody often, a lot of people I know have been introduced to psychedelics via his book. So I read it and it was resonating with me and I thought I got to check into this. So I was lucky enough to be referred to you as a therapist. And once I talked to you about my very few reservations, I was convinced that it's something I needed to, to experience. I just, there was a calling. So I was able to find a guide that I trusted and had a session with uh, psilocybin. And I guess it's hard to really explain everything that happened, but the short version is something happened to me where I guess I would call it some kind of portal to a different type of reality seemed to open up and felt very real. And I needed, that was kind of shocking. And so with your help as a therapist, I was able to bring some understanding to what it was that I actually experienced. It took me you know, several days, weeks to really fully integrate that experience, but it was profoundly powerful for me. And I felt that I needed to continue to explore. Yeah, and you say continue to explore. I know you're very pragmatic about all of this, and it was really beneficial as we walked through this. What were some of the activities as things started to fall into place after that psilocybin session that you recognized gave you more courage, more power in knowing that it's a medicine and a experience that was helpful in your healing? Yeah, well... Shortly after I started microdosing with psilocybin and just to see if that would help me maintain the level of mental, the mental level that I was really seeking in it. I found microdosing helpful, but, and then I, again, with your guidance as a therapist talked about going into a session it was actually about four months later and did a second psilocybin session, which was even more interesting and exposing than the first. The first one, I should add, I went in with a little bit of anxiety and it took me a little bit of time to really open up and accept what the experience was trying to give to me. And the second one, I was, since I knew what to expect, I was all in from the very beginning and it made a big difference. The second one was just, it had a different level of power 
that the first one didn't because of my experience. Right. And I, I really appreciate the endorsement of that four months. I know often many clinicians, uh, James Fadiman in particular, one of my mentors suggests making sure there's space between to integrate. And yet when I'm listening to you, there's a significant value to make sure that you kind of touch upon it before it dissipates too much. So that's why I personally like the three to four months for that first time, because as you eloquently said, the first time there's some nerves, there's some anxiety, and there's almost a getting used to the experience. Did you get the sense that that second experience was more beneficial based off of your comfort within the territory or at least the setup? Without a doubt, it was more beneficial because every, it, it felt so much, it was familiar. And that reduced any anxiety that I might've had with the first experience. And so I was able to really relax into the experience and really absorb what was being given to me from the medicine. And it was, so the level of profoundness was, was deeper and both the highs and the lows that I experienced during the session were more powerful. And because of that, I, I think, so coming out of the second session, I knew that I would be continuing to experience psychedelics for, I, I didn't know how long it would be, but I knew I wasn't done with it because I, I felt that I had started a journey uh, and that I needed to continue with that journey. And that continuation of the journey, fast forwarding, led you where and where, what, what was on the horizon at that moment? Well, as I mentioned earlier in our conversation, I, I really started to switch my attitude about uh, what this is. You know, I, I switched from a, a pretty strong materialist to someone that had serious doubts that materialism was actually a valid way to view the world and started to explore my own consciousness in between sessions and read more literature about consciousness and less about science because it was the part of the experience that I, I needed to understand more deeply based off of these, these psilocybin experiences. So I, I eventually decided I wanted to take psilocybin on my own without a guide and without using a skilled therapist to prepare me to do that. And it was quite a different experience and outcome. And my, what I, the lesson I learned from that is I really value the, the preparing that a trained therapist, such as yourself, especially you, you're the only therapist that I used and I couldn't be feel more blessed of to have you as a therapist, but having your expert guidance, preparing me for a session 
uh, was something that I really missed. And then not having a guide, not having a guide with me made the different, made a difference also. So, and then not having the integration after the fact were things that I missed. So I, I, that was kind of my, my second phase of my journey. Sure. So trying to do it on my own. Can you paint a little bit of the picture of what were some pinnacle guideposts now in retrospect that you see that colored your personal experience without a guide and the preparatory work? What were things that you now recognize in hindsight? In preparing, you could read literature, which I would read your book in preparation. But what was missing in terms of properly preparing was a dialogue and being able to set an intention more specifically as opposed to trying to do it by myself. So intention setting was something that I, that I struggled with and coming out of the session, not having somebody within the right amount of time to engage with, to fully integrate with a dialogue. Because I think that's, there's the, with any therapist, just the, the body language and their ability to really recognize and help a person navigate powerful experiences. So it's hard to do that as a soloist. I appreciate that deep vulnerability and transparency Eric, this idea, and I owe you a deep sense of gratitude, recognizing the value that integration therapy has, because the dialogue is what I make all my basis off of. We can get a sense of who and what the person is. And I've always noticed that and witnessed that in you specifically is your preparatory, your your vigilance and dedication to the work also, I think, speaks volumes to that dialogue. You get to really amplify, which you don't get by just maybe dictating into a notebook via journaling or voice recording after a psychedelic session. I think I know personally I've lost that myself as well as there's there's an intimacy that's missing from being able to have someone witness you as a guide. Yeah. As well as the intimacies of being able to walk with you as you process. Yeah. I could remember specifically a therapy session where my emotions were bubbling up and for you to instantly notice the emotion in my eyes felt so, it, it wasn't a feeling of vulnerability. It was a feeling of love and someone that really, truly cares for you. So yeah, you can't, you can't do that on your own. So, and so letting me poke at you a little bit, what's coming up emotionally now that you say that? (laughs) Well, I just thinking of a particular session that I had with you as I was preparing and I was telling you that I felt I'd reached a point in my journey on my path where I had one foot in the world real world and one foot in this other world of my true nature or consciousness. And it was 
it was a struggle and I had tears in my eyes and I explained that to you and you knew instantly what I was experiencing and I knew you did. So man, it's, it's hard to being exploring one's consciousness through psychedelics is, can be quite lonely. I'm lucky enough to have a spouse that is on board and that I can communicate with about these things, but that's it. It's not like I go out and share it with my friends at this point. It's just, uh, so having somebody that I can talk to that really understands and then can help me not just prepare, but fully integrate. It's just a huge value. I just, I can feel those feelings coming back. That's, that's what I'm experiencing. It's beautiful. And in what you're saying, I just highly endorse and respect the sacred. It doesn't have to be identified as secretive, right? It is lonely. This world of psychedelics, even if you had group integrations or had a family that you could talk to, there's still an individuation to your psychedelic experience that's different than anybody's. And that's truly sacred. Yes, it is sacred. And so I'm, I'm just grateful to be on a path. Psychedelics, I'm so grateful to psychedelics for opening that portal. In a sense, I've, I've really tapered down my use of psychedelics. I, I got to a point in my psychedelic, on my psychedelic path where I really felt that I had reached a, a plateau and the, the messages that I was getting while on my trips became more redundant. They, and so I, I wanted to see how could I experience, is there a way to have this feeling that psychedelics provided without having to be reliant on them exclusively on a medicine. And that's when I really began to explore meditation, Eastern philosophies, really listened to a bunch of different Eastern practicing teachers and learn to how to really explore consciousness without medicine has been my more recent way of growing. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. Can you tell me, color this? It's such a breath of fresh air. It's such a breath of fresh air. Can you tell me more about what's it looking like? Well, I was able to find a style of teaching. I, I, I listened to a guy named Rupert Spira and he is, is he's able to, to help me really explore my consciousness. So the psychedelics opened the door. Now I wanted to see if I could keep that door open and through meditation. And it's a, I'm actually so amazed at what meditation is able to do for me as a person in terms of making me feel more, I guess, maybe less human and more connected to source, to the universe, 
in a way that I didn't know was possible before I started with psychedelics. And now I can reach a, a certain point in my meditations where I really feel I'm connected to source. And those are the kinds of experiences I would have while I was using medicine. So it's pretty profound. It's not like I, I, I just feel lucky to have the ability to, to do that. I, I don't, and I, I don't really want to get into a lot of details. Nor need it about. Right. But what I love about this that I want to kind of really expand and give breath to is this importance of the pause of the importance of the nonlinear approach to what feels to an individual as transformation or transcendence. It's as if we have this new prescribed feeling with the renaissance of psychedelics that bang it out more and more and more and more and more and more and more, even with a redundant answer, or there's almost a loyalty now that we're supposed to be engaging with this at some sort of protocol. And what I'm hearing from you, and I just really encourage what you're saying, furthermore endorse it, is what does the pause look like and what are you doing between the pause? What are the yeah. activities to be in this body and experience the consciousness, which is technically, in my mind, the preparation for the next? Yeah. Which we don't have <laughs> fucking medicine guaranteed. It's not as if I have a satchel and I'm going to like get ready to die and you know, we're not all as lucky as Adolf Huxley, where he's, you know, banging out a heavy dose of LSD before he's dying, you know? Yeah, that's so true. And I, you know, I, it's like I've gotten heavily into my meditation practice, but I do, I did do a, with your suggestion, a session with MDMA. Because psilocybin, you know, it's a, it's a magical <laughs> substance and it, it can... It's complicated. It's a complicated for me. And with your suggestion, I had my guide take me through an MDMA experience, which, and this was with a big pause. And it was such a beautiful experience, you know, having taken the pause and having really developed a, a different kind of practice to explore consciousness and get a, a deeper understanding of what this is. And then having that MDMA experience was amazing. It was really amazing. So and yeah, what's just, landing so for you? It's just this warm embrace. I just, it was so, it's a feeling of intense love and it's hard to articulate what that felt like. There's almost no need to articulate it at that level, is there? No. I say, yeah, I say often, if you've never been to India, there's no explanation for India. If you've been to India, yeah. there's no explanation I need to provide you. And that's what MDMA like for me. Yeah. I think psychedelics, generally speaking, or the same, but MDMA just has that. The love, it's, I, you know, I, I know it's used a lot for people with trauma. 
<clears throat> and I didn't go into a session trying to deal with a difficult situation of trauma. So I had that benefit and yeah, it was, it's a interesting medicine. And as we talk about the pause and we talk about the space between, and we talk about the breath and consciousness, what is the homage you owe this work you're on, this journey you are actively participating on? I recognize that I've been on this journey for a long time, potentially lifetimes, and that I'm so grateful to number one, my son for giving me that book. Cause I really wasn't thinking about psychedelics and number two, just the fact that the medicine is available and it was, you know, whether one believes in destiny or not, it was the, the medicine is what took me down a path that I didn't know existed. And I have so much respect for that, for the journey that I've had. So grateful for it. Speak to me about how you're walking with grace and gentleness. You know all too well working with me as long as you have. What is your expression of gentleness on oneself today? Today, gentleness is about, it's taking pauses throughout the day. And really taking time to, I do, what I do is I could maybe call them a 30 or 40 second meditation where I can just sit back and remember who I am and, and then move forward, especially when, you know, things are more difficult throughout the day. So that's helped me become much more gentle with myself. I, I, I recognize who I am. And so more importantly, I guess what I am and it's easier to, the gentleness just comes naturally. I feel gentle. I love it. I love it. And we can't forget that it's all within us. This is something so important to remember, that you hold it, you walk with it. And the glimpses of the psychedelics provided you that opportunity to remember 